Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Dave Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kylo, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, I can. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and thank you for being a good and a merciful God. Thank you for keeping us, God, in all our endeavors. And we just welcome you into this place, God, and move and flow in our Bible study. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study in First Peter today. Um, technically, we should be starting chapter 3, but I want to back up a second. And um, can I get a volunteer to read the last two verses, verse 24 and 25 of chapter 2? And then, yeah, we'll just start with that for now. To so read the, the last two verses of chapter 2. I will. All right, Layla, go for it. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. All right. So, we are starting there, because while much of the subject matter is talking about those in authority, those with power, those that are set over us. There is a very interesting, um, I'll say almost deviation from that, if you will. And in there, Peter begins speaking and ministering about healing and healing which comes through Christ. So, I want to focus on that for a minute. But again, like, like we always do, I want to open the floor up for you, to you guys to minister what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you or to ask questions. Don't all go at once. <laughs> I guess I'll go. All right, Kyle. My favorite part of that, the two verses we just read, was by whose stripes you were healed. Mm-hmm. And I guess most people would think it was a typo when it says were instead of you are. Mm-hmm. But it talks about, using the past tense, talks about how the moment that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you were healed. He took all that on the cross. Mm-hmm. And... By saying, I will be healed or I'm going to get healed, you're saying what God did wasn't good enough. And you're not taking the healing he's already provided for you. He Long before you needed it, he provided it. That's right. Uh-huh. Amen. Yes, excellent. Yep, it was, Jesus said, it is finished, right? While he was yes. on the cross, before he 
gave his gave up his spirit back to the Father. He said it is finished, and he didn't leave anything undone. So when it comes to um, our healing in particular and how we appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ in our life, it's important that we remember it's already been done. We're not waiting for him to come and do it again. We're not waiting for it to somehow be sent. It's already ours, and you have to appropriate it. You have to take it by faith and understand that it has already been accomplished. These works, his works, were finished before the foundation of the world. That applies to the capacity and the entirety of your life, and in particular, the benefits of salvation, the things that are rightfully ours as the children of God through relationship and covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, believing on his name and on who he is and what he has done for us, gives us access but we have to rightly apply it to our own particular lives. So the moment you said, I do to the Lord, this was a part of your package and uh-huh. in addition to other things. And um, it's important that we know what belongs to us, know what state it's in. Faith is always now. And if you know something has already been done, it's easier to understand it's already yours versus I have to obtain it somehow because then it becomes an impossibility because Christ is, he died one time, one man, one time for all. Not, God is not, Jesus is not going to come and get on the cross 15 trillion different times for each individual and every circumstance that we're going to, we need his help, right? But he's already put it in place. He's already finished that work. So that's excellent. Make sure you apply it. Now, faith, when you stand praying, believe you receive at that moment, whatever it is that you've asked of God and believe you receive it. Not faith is never in the future. It's always now. Doesn't mean you can't believe for like going to heaven in the future. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's not a greeting. That's not a pause. It's actually stating the tense and condition of the terms of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's good. Anyone else? I kind of found it interesting in verse 25 where it says, For you are like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Okay. Lord show me that kind of what that scripture wasn't like <clears throat> once you sin then you're done and you can't go back to the Lord but there is still an opportunity for you to reconcile with the Lord uh-huh. say that again sweetheart that the Lord show me that scripture wasn't just like once you mess up that you can't go back to the Lord but once you mess up, you can go back and reconcile with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, it's about making things right or repenting, right? Fixing that relationship and coming back into alignment with his lordship, which is verse 25. Right? There's that deviation, if you will, like we were talking about, um, where Peter switches almost, switches topics talking about lordship and then talking about healing. But he brings it right back in, if you will, to the subject at hand with verse 25, saying, For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
some really good um, supporting scriptures in John 10, uh, the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 10. He makes the, the same statement, or he's talking about Jesus as the, the true shepherd. In verse 16, he says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, or and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And then something similar is stated in Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, where he says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So you see, both of those verses, watch all three, are recognizing Christ, who he is, as our uh, our shepherd and the overseer of us, right? So since Peter in this entire section is talking and discussing about masters and those in authority and lordship, he's clearly pointing here saying the greatest one is Christ. He is master and ruler and has authority over all. So it's about discussing, again, his character, his nature, his attributes. These things, healing, is found in him. But also encouraging us to come into submission to his lordship, recognizing his place as the shepherd. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Any questions on that? No, I just wanted to share. Um, <clears throat> Please do, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. In Matthew 15, um, in reference to, you see how in verse 24, I'm sorry, I'm going to come back to First Peter chapter 2 for a second. Verse 24 talks about what Jesus did for us on the cross as it relates to healing. And then it goes right into talking about how we were led astray and letting us know that this is a basic element of our covenant with Jesus Christ. So let's look at Psalm 103 for just a moment. We're going to look verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He's describing salvation. He's describing his covenant with the Lord. And and we understand that we can only come into covenant with God through relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except through him. 
And now let's take a look at, excuse me, Matthew chapter 15. This is a story of, or a, a recount of something that happened during Jesus's ministry. And a woman from Canaan was making a request of the Lord. We're going to start in verse 22. And it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So here we see our our Messiah relating healing to the children's bread. Bread is one of the most basic parts of a meal. It's not the, it's, it's not even the, the, what would the The the, main course, the main course or the (laughs) fanciest part of the meal. It's not even the, the centerpiece. It's a basic necessity, if you will, of the meal, but it's bread, you know, especially in older times before everybody got keto and gluten free (laughs) and all that bread was used to make sure that the children were full and topped off. So bread almost always accompanied a meal. And in some cultures, it was the fork, literally their whatever bread oh. item was the fork that they used to scoop up. Still is today in food. some cultures. Yes, absolutely. So this, this basic element, and I, I call it that because it's a staple, it's a principle. It's not even something that has, is a far reach to apprehend. This is how the Lord perceives it. This is how he sees it. This is your basic right mm-hmm. as being a child of the Most High God that you are healed, spirit, soul, and body, that you're well. And it's important that we take it into our possession and grasp it as such. It's not something that's hard for him. It's not something that he's unwilling to do. It's not something that he doesn't want to do or that you have to struggle for. This is a part of your daily meal. And partaking of the table that's set before us as children of the Most High God. So understand that. And it doesn't mean it only applies to great things. Like in this particular account, the woman's daughter was demon-possessed. But it's anything. It's your hair. It's acne. Or, you know, your skin. It's your your hangnails. If, If that's something that's a problem, Jesus has applied his blood. His blood was shed for that. And it is coverable, it's applicable that we take the healing of Jesus Christ and apply it to our life and all the way to the great things. But we should make our mindset such that we walk in our healing. We walk in our right as children of God. Uh And um, But you also see, even in that example that you gave, honey, about it comes with submission to Christ's lordship. That's right. She, called, she him. called him the son of David. That's right. Acknowledging, right? Not he just believing in her heart, but also acknowledging, expressing, confessing with her mouth who Jesus is, who Christ is, mm-hmm. or the Messiah is. 
She acknowledged his rightful place. And in doing so, was able to take or receive the healing that was available to her. Absolutely. And that's... Her faith qualified her to partake. Absolutely. She had to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ just like we did. Just like we do today. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's key. And I, I just wanted to highlight that. Oh, yes. That it's was open and available to all of us. And I'm sure you were going there. Yep, that's exactly what I was just about to jump the gun. No, no, you're fine. I appreciate you so. filling that in. I love the Holy Spirit. He works all things together. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so, yes, yes, she did. Her recognizing Jesus, there was no way for her to know that he was the son of David, except by the Holy Spirit. If she was from Canaan, she wasn't of the house of Israel. And, you know, when Jesus was engaging her, he wasn't being rude to her. He was giving her the opportunity to exercise her faith. Right? We, we've heard the, the story of the ones that persist in prayer, the woman that went to the unrighteous judge, and she persisted. And Jesus, we don't have to badger him. We don't, but sometimes we have to overcome our own obstacles uh-huh. and persist and stand on the fact that this belongs to me. You couldn't have told, even he even told her, like, mm, this is only for, I'm only here for the, the house of Israel. And it did not stop her. She persisted. Now, we, we know that Jesus loves everybody and came to die for the whole world because it's stated plainly throughout the scriptures. But also, he tells his disciples, I have sheep that are not of this fold that I must bring in. So, we know that he was there for her as well because she got her healing. That's also an indicator that we, he was there for her. But sometimes we have our own um, blockages in the way, right? Yes. So, her boldness came, but maybe she still had question or doubt that he would do it for her because... She wasn't of the house of Israel, and she had to overcome that with her faith and choose to proceed. You know, the enemy tries to throw things at people's minds, uh-huh. but thankfully, it's faith in the heart that God responds to, not necessarily what's in your head. There's head faith or mental assent doesn't qualify to open the door to the blessing. Just thinking God's a good God, I think he'll do it, but it's faith in your heart. We believe with our heart. Right, confess with our tongue unto salvation and um, unto righteous. We believe Mm -hmm. with our heart unto righteousness and confess with our mouth unto salvation that Jesus is Lord. Right, so she had the opportunity to exercise that there, in spite of what she was seeing and observing or experiencing. Right, Mm -hmm. because no, to her it looked like she was not even being acknowledged by by the Lord. Right, He didn't answer her a word. She could have easily gotten. Uh, offended discouraged. or exactly discouraged in that way. Oh, he's not even paying attention to me. And the disciples so it must not be for me, right? Yeah. And then there were people that uh, the apostles, well, disciples later to be apostles, mm-hmm. that were exactly saying, "Send her away." And now these were clearly people of the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. They were Jews. They'd grown up under all the customs and traditions and laws and rules and. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Right and all that, and then they're here. They are with Jesus, saying, "Send her away." She couldn't have got. She could have also gotten discouraged or offended or, mm-hmm. or with their actions as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. instead, she chose to be uh, to persist, to endure, to believe, in spite of everything that, in the natural, she was. She may have been thinking, feeling, experiencing whatever the mm-hmm. case is. She chose to still believe that. Jesus would heal her. her and daughter, yeah. 
And so he did. Amen. So, so it is important for us to acknowledge these things, but also to learn from them. Because it still applies to us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so don't be don't be upset or discouraged when you're given the opportunity to express or extend your faith. The expectation that um, we should think it and it'll happen and we don't have to ask put any and, effort. and put the petition and pers- persevere in faith. You know, take that out of your mind, especially when it comes to the things of God. Be prepared. God said it's your right. So persist. He's already released it to you. So if Jesus has already died on the cross and by his stripes we were healed, what stands between the believer and their healing? That That's an actual question. Themselves? Could be. Or could be the enemy in oh. some capacity. It could be their own mind. Their soul could be in the way. It could be the enemy. Right? Oh, yes, like yes. the manifestation of it. Casting doubt, either in an attack on their mind, casting doubt, or um, physically trying to resist. Right? We see in Daniel where he asked for an answer from God, and the angel left oh. with the answer the moment he prayed, but the, the prince of the air resisted him. Right? And so it took some time for it to, to break through. So what is our position how do we handle those things? And in this particular case, you know, the enemy wasn't involved. She had her own things that she had to overcome. But how do we handle that? First of all, keep the right attitude and perspective. Don't let go of your stance that this is your right. It is your right to have healing in particular, as we're discussing in these two verses. It's your right. So Jesus did not come to bring sickness and disease, but to do what? He came to heal and to destroy the works of the enemy. So we already got that settled. We know it belongs to us. We know it's his will. And it's, in fact, our right, our basic elements as children of God. So then, if the enemy tries to go, oh, no, you're hurting so bad. No, no. Did she stop and account that her daughter, whatever she was experiencing, or did she focus on Jesus? She focused on on Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Uh So keep your eyes on him and insist upon what he says. And then once you are doing that, maintain your stance and your your conversation should be, your confession should be, I am healed by Jesus' stripes. I've been healed since 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross and I am healed today. doesn't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter what it feels like. I am setting my focus on the author and finisher of my faith. Jesus said, I'm healed. I say I'm healed. Okay? Yes, and the yes. natural has no cha- no choice but to line up with what the spiritual has already said. We have to come into agreement with what Jesus has already said about us and what he's already done for us. Okay? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Now let's go on, if you're ready, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good, honey. So can I get a volunteer to read from First Peter chapter 3? Verse 1 through verse 7. I will. All right, Layla. 
It says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. There's a lot in there, yes. (laughs) So, what's the Holy Spirit ministering to you on this? And and I ask you four in particular, because yes, you are children, so clearly you are not husbands or wives Yet. 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 Right? So, it's good to to hear what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, because this is all preparation for when the Holy Spirit, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, of course, brings your spouse, mm-hmm. your helpmate to you. So, for the males, you get a helpmate. For the yes. ladies, you are the helpmate. Uh, very true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. For correcting you. me there. No, no. I'm, it wasn't to no, correct no. you. I just wanted to make sure they had the right perspective. That's accurate. Yes. <laughs> but so when the Lord brings your spouse to you, right, which also denotes that you don't have to go look and find them. Yes, please don't. On your own, <laughs> right? Yes. But we see this all the way back throughout, even the beginning of the Bible. The Lord brought the helpmate. Or brought the spouse. That's right. It's for God to do that, make that choice. He has created someone that is specifically matched to you, mm-hmm. that will please him and accomplish his will on the earth. So, who wants to go first? I will. <clears throat> okay. Um, I found it interesting when Peter was talking about... Uh, Verse 4 and 5. Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy woman who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. What the Lord was showing me there was not that you can't, you have to be like whatever you say goes, but it's mean don't try to be loud and boisterous trying to make sure you're heard and everybody follows what you're saying. But rather be willing to listen to others and to see it from a perspective that is how the Lord views it. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to the Lord, you're not saying, Lord, I want this. When he tries to tell you something, you're trying to scream over him. Mm-hmm. But you're listening to him as you would like to be listened as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Very interesting. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's a, that's a good, good point, sir. Exactly. How does it begin? Wives... Likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Going off of the previous example he just gave with Christ as the shepherd. 
an overseer of your souls. Exactly. So, in other words, our relationship, a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, and our relationship to the Lord should be similar. As in follow the same structure and pattern that we already have in our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's good, sir. You know, that, that word, um, gentle, comes mm-hmm. up a lot in how God describes how we are to conduct ourselves as believers. Gentle, yes. gentle. You see that with the fruit of the Spirit. You see that associated with wisdom and conduct and being a teacher and helping to correct others. You and see that word. Christ even gentle. uses that for himself in various occasions. Mm-hmm. Gentle. How he's gentle in spirit. Absolutely. Um, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 says this in relationship to what you just said, LaCharles. Who is wise and understanding among you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Can you hear a correlation between how God is asking the wife to govern herself? And to behave, speaking as a wife, I know that God gives women wisdom to do certain things. Absolutely. He gives the husband wisdom as well, but often we have different giftings. Yes. Um, and we have different focuses that, by God, he gave them to us. And our perspectives are complementary to each other. But it can be easy, even as an individual, go, hey, I've got a great idea. Like you said, being, and start to become boisterous because you want to be heard. You want to be valued. You want to be praised or esteemed. But, and then sometimes when that happens, there becomes now a conflict. Now we're jockeying for position. You have to respect me. You have to listen to what I say. And just as James chapter 3 talks about where there are bitter envy and self-seeking, I got to be right. I have to be heard. I have to be on top. Listen to me. Right? Where those things are, there's what? Confusion and every evil thing. But when we yield to the Lord and let the adornment be inward beauty, right? It pr- yes. it's pure. That's the that's the wisdom that God asks us to operate in. That that's for every believer. Mm-hmm. But in particular, we're addressing the wives right now. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Me saying you listen to me when I'm not listening to you is hypocrisy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I like that, LaCharles. That was really good. Anyone else have anything they want to share? I do. All right, Layla. Um, I have two topics that I want to talk about, but the first one was the beginning of 
First Peter 3, where it said, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Which is to say, if the husband is unbelieving, which you shouldn't be paired like that, that's not how God designed it, but in the event that he's unbelieving, he may be brought to the Lord by the observations he makes through you. He sees that you are respectful and he can see the Lord shining through you and now he wants to be a part of it as well. And then you both can walk in agreement and walk together and be the iron sharpening iron and edifying each other without one being pulled in a, in both directions, if you will. Like if anybody's ever had a doll that they're fighting over with their sister, one's got one arm, the other's got the other arm, and then the doll's torn. Mm-hmm. But when you can agree, how can two walk together unless they agree? So you... A wife can be the one that helps the husband come to the Lord if he's unbelieving. Even if he started off believing and may have made a mistake, by your gentle spirit and your conduct, he can be brought back to the Lord. And now you can continue together again without um, fighting and bickering and arguing, as Dad calls it, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is. So no, those are good points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been brought up about the conduct, right? And this we're talking about, yes, the wife or a woman, but it applies to everyone. What is the point and the purpose? Outlined in verse 1. So, without a word, the conduct, if you will, right? Without a word, they, or maybe one, by the conduct of their wives, referring to the husbands, but that's, as it's supposed to apply to all believers, without even having to give a word. Just they see the light, which is the Lord, shining in and through us. And it causes people to ask, what is different about you? Mm-hmm. And, and in verse 3, again, it makes all but the same point. It says, don't let your conduct be just or be based on appearance and outwardly. Did Jesus not make the same comment to the Pharisees? And he said, why do you clean the outside of the cup? And you worry so much about it. But when the inside is still dirty. Mm-hmm. It's about us cleaning ourselves, purifying ourselves, being without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, just like Christ. Mm-hmm. All right, so he says, don't let your appearance just be outward. So the message is the same. It's consistent throughout the entirety of the word. Mm-hmm. Oh, that they would have a heart towards me, Right. Yes. Okay. So we, in this case, is wives, but it, it literally applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the outward appearance and doing or saying things that sound so pious or holy or religious or whatever phrase you want to use to describe it. Mm-hmm. But it's about actually being clean from the inside. Absolutely. Towards Christ, our relationship right with Him. And then watching that manifest or because of that, that then we see things manifest outwardly. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that make sense? Does yes, everyone understand yes. that? So, I would like to point out this beautiful word here in verse 1. It says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own, mm-hmm. own, 
your own husband. <laughs> that is Mom. that is key, yes. That is key because <clears throat> excuse me, in certain times in society women were lowly and nothing, and that's not ever what God intended. And sometimes, you know, through misunderstanding, women have been subjugated and relegated to property and servanthood when God made us joint heirs. If I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, I'm certainly a joint heir with my husband. However, he does have a certain authority and accountability to God that just like the older sibling in a family, you know, and family with multiple children, there is a different accountability that belongs to that that child or that sibling. Mm -hmm. So I respect the place that God has put him in. But Jim Bob, my neighbor, does not have authority over me. I'm not submissive to him because then there would be two heads. There would be two masters. That doesn't work, right? Yes. yes. God made them male and female, one husband to one wife. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we also keep that in perspective. I don't have to walk around listening to what, you know what I mean, commands or directions from strangers. Daughters, understand that. Sons, you're not the boss of your sisters. Because you're a male and they're a female. That's not how it works. But we are told to yield to one another in love. So if someone is speaking by the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter what the package looks like. We're listening and hearkening to the voice of the Lord. We are told to pursue peace with all men as much as it depends on us. Right? Yes. So and if the oldest, if you're out of line, they're not going to just follow your lead because simply you're the oldest and you said so. Nope, we're all accountable to Jesus Christ. So it's important that as we're, we're reading, we're also keeping it in perspective. And, you know, God designed a place for everything. So keeping it in its rightful place, but still being uh-huh. able to cooperate and function in the entirety of the Word of God. Um, and I wanted to read this in the Amplified because it says some, some really, um, you know, it's, it's things that we've, we've talked about before and we just mentioned about accountability. Okay. Um, It says, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God, and so partnering with them, so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. When they see your modest and respectful behavior, together with your devotion and appreciation, Love your husband, encourage him, and enjoy him as a blessing from God. Uh-huh. Your adornment must not be merely external, with interweaving an elaborate knotting of the hair and wearing gold jewelry or being superficially preoccupied with dressing in expensive clothes, but let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit one that is calm and self-controlled, not over-anxious, not serene, and, I'm sorry, but serene and spiritually mature. So I'll stop there for now. But I, I love the, how this captures what God is saying in, in this. Even if you, like, for example, maybe there are two unbelievers that got married, and one of the, mm-hmm. and the wife or the husband came to Jesus separately, of the other spouse and they're waiting and believing for the other spouse to get saved. How do you, how do you manage that? How do you negotiate that, that interim while you're waiting for your spouse to come to know the Lord? 
certainly not by badgering them and beating them over the head. Well, that's, it can be because that contradicts Scripture where mm-hmm. it says it is the goodness that's of right. God that brings them into repentance. That's right. I'm not saying you have to tolerate every... Or partake in right. sin. Yes, every horrible thing. That's not what we're, we're saying here. But there is the, I'll say idea, but it's not really even an idea. It's, it's what's required of us to be upright, to walk in integrity and honesty and faithfulness to the Lord, mm-hmm. exhibiting his nature, his character, being peaceful. So no accusation can be brought against us. Now, yes, Satan is the accuser of the brethren and is going to launch accusations regardless because that's what he does. That's what the enemy does, the Mm -hmm. adversary. However, the Lord is the judge. And if he said, like we we talked about with Daniel, I'm blameless before the Lord. I've not done evil against the Lord and I've not done wrong against the king. Mm Mm-hmm. He was completely submitted to the authority. How he conducted himself mattered. And how we conduct ourselves as ambassadors for Christ matters. It does. Mm -hmm. But then I want to continue because Mm -hmm. we talked a considerable amount here about women and and the wives and their role and all that. And and I get it. Yes, there, there are six verses. (laughs) <laughs> if you will, right, if we look at this, right, it was just the first seven verses of chapter three. Mm-hmm. Six of those verses are addressing um, what's been known as the fairer sex, right? Women. There is one verse addressing husbands. However, it matters and it's important. Mm-hmm. It says, husbands likewise dwell with them. That's your wife. Women. With, what's the first thing? Understanding. Understanding. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, but being heirs together, together, not separate, mm-hmm. heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. I find that interesting, the understanding part. We as as the men, right, who have, who have been given this place and position of authority in the home are required to first understand. And why is that? Without understanding, how are you going to lead and guide? One, uh, I'll say, in creating the structure for the family. But that structure, the main goal and purpose of that is to lead people, raise them up, train them, equip them, encourage them, admonish them to have their own personal, deep, and intimate relationship with Christ, walking in his ways. We are, we as the men are to be an an example of Christ in their lives. Conform to the image of Christ. But also, right, if anyone has studied this before, they know that it lines up with what's in Ephesians 5. Um, So if we turn to Ephesians 5, you see almost a, I'll say a flip-flop here, and I'll explain what I mean by that. What verse, Cindy? Oh, it begins at verse 22. But you'll notice in this, there are only three verses directed to the wives or women. 
And then there are seven or nine, nine verses directed at the men. Mm-hmm. With, if you really study out what's in these nine verses, it's significant. Why? So that we as men can have a gain in understanding of what is required of us. Mm-hmm. But that first comes with understanding the Lord, the structure he put together, and why that structure is in place, so that we can walk in his ways, right? That goes back to Habakkuk. Write down the vision, make it plain, so those that read it can run. Mm-hmm. So those that read it, because after you read it, we are supposed to understand what is written. Mm-hmm. How can you run and do something if you have no understanding of how to do it, how to accomplish it? Now, first, it can only be accomplished in and through the Lord. But again, even in this, what is it? The, the command repeatedly is, love your wives as Christ loved. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or also loved the church and gave himself for her. I can't, uh, or I, husbands, cannot be self-seeking. And, right, which is, typically comes with positions of power and authority. Well, I'm in charge, it's about me. No, it's, it's not about you. Because Christ said, he who desires to be great must first be a servant mm-hmm. and serve all. So your role, your position, the, the, and the power that comes along with that comes with a responsibility to serve others, not to have them serve you. Mm-hmm. And then repeatedly throughout this, especially in Ephesians, there is the love command is given. Love your wives. Um, I want to say it's at least three times. Yeah, husbands ought to love their own wives. There's that word again. Their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's in verse 28. Mm -hmm. And then, again, the comparison or or drawing the correlation. Better than comparison, excuse me. The correlation. Um, We're members of Christ's body, his flesh and his bones. Right, he talks about the great mystery. Why? The great mystery ultimately is that we can be restored to the heavenly community. Mm-hmm. Not just us, but the entirety of our families. Those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, on this earth they are our, our children, our wives. Our, right, they've been assigned to our care. They are those that have been assigned to our care. How? What is that going to say for us and how we conducted ourselves if the entirety of the family... Minus yourself makes it to the heavenly community, right? Right. If it was combat in a military unit, those are not very good chances, or very good. Right? It would reflect reflect potentially poorly on the leadership ability of that individual. We have, I'll say, the responsibility given to us to watch over all those assigned to our care, with the goal of helping them enter into the heavenly community. Amen. It matters. It's important. And we can't do that without love, without serving each other, right? And even in verse 33 of Ephesians 5, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. But that goes right back to the relationship in Christ. If I am truly serving the Lord, 
as he intended for it to be. And because of my love for the Lord, I am also loving and serving his people, the ones assigned to our care, his own spouse, his own children, and then, yes, of course, others, treating them with love. Everything is going to manifest as it should be. Everyone will have what they need. Does this make sense? Yes. Any questions on any of that? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot. And I don't want to leave out this last statement, that your prayers may not be hindered. That's Yes. So God doesn't want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting it in Kamisha terms. Young men, if you're not taking responsibility for the first thing that he assigned to you, okay? Yes. So we talked about what, what can stand between us and the blessings of the Lord. We already know that disobedience is one of those things. So as you're walking in love, and yes, God loves you, and he will give you grace and mercy, but it states clearly that your prayers will be hindered if you don't treat your your wife accordingly. Okay? So let's be wise. And the love of God answers all. And draws all men to repentance. Mm-hmm. The goodness of God, the love of God. Mm-hmm. What he gave to us, while we were yet sinners. But there's also the we have a role and responsibility. And it begins with submitting to his lordship. That's the the biggest connection point here, right? Like I said, it almost appeared for a second there like Peter was um, switching gears and, and changing topics talking about healing and restoration and and salvation. But the reality was he was making the the correlation, Mm -hmm. the connection to Mm -hmm. Christ's lordship and how, yes, I'll say submitting to those that the Lord has placed in authority over us is to reflect the same structure that he has for himself and the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. and how things are supposed to work. And whether it's in government, whether it's in, uh, and I'll say, the kingdom of heaven, whether it's an earthly government, or the government for our house, you see it's all identical. It should be the same everywhere. You see the consistency that comes with Christ and with the manifold wisdom of Christ. He structured it to be replicated in every place, in every area. But it comes with submission to his lordship, to him. So I bring these things up so, again, they're written for our good so we can learn. And not just learn about them, but learn and and apply them to our lives. Any questions on any of that? No. No. All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And... um, so that way the Holy Spirit can can minister as you listen and study out the Scripture. Again, don't just take our word for it. You study it out. You let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Right? Yes. And to find out if the things that we say are indeed true. Now I'll tell you that we're not here to try to trick you. Absolutely not. Nope. We're just sharing with you what the Holy Spirit has ministered with and taught us. Mm-hmm. As we have studied the scripture, and desired to know uh, the things of the Lord, 
his ways, his thoughts. All right? And we encourage you all to do the same. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, I just thank you for making it where everything is clear that you state and not, none of it's muddled so that we can discern what you tell other people to say or write. Lord, I also thank you for giving us the chance to help other people come into a relationship with you so that people don't end up going to hell. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.